Good morning, Vista. My name is Mark. I have the privilege of serving as one of the elders here. And we are so glad you're here today. If this is your first time, know that we want you to feel loved, welcomed, and wanted. Everybody have a good Thanksgiving? Great. Well, my aim this morning is to give us even more reasons to be thankful as we see all that God has for us. So turn in your Bible or apps to the end of Ephesians chapter 3, where we will be reading Paul's compelling prayer. This prayer lands between Paul's two sections of Ephesians, the first dealing with matters of faith, and the second, how to put them into practice. So read along with me as I read verses 14 through 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is thick. There's so much power in these verses. But for today, let's begin at the end and fix our attention to verse 20, where Paul praises God who is now able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. What catches your attention in that verse? For me, it's the words immeasurably more. The New Living Translation says infinitely more. Immeasurably more, infinitely more. You get it. It's a lot. What might immeasurably more of something even look like? Maybe this can help us. This is spooky. Reminds me of the old Baptist hymn, There Will Be Showers of Blessings. Jesus was certainly all about more. Remember Jesus' statement of his mission in John 10.10, where he says, I have come that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Another translation interpreted Jesus saying there that he came to offer a more and better life than ever dreamed of. Not just a better life with him someday, 
a deeper, more robust, better life with him now. Show of hands, who else is up for a more and better life? Okay, some of you may still be sleeping off the tryptophan from your turkey dinner. More is such a powerful word. So simple, yet so compelling. Why is that? Well, when we consider our situation and determine that we want more, it awakens something in us. It moves us, motivates us, propels us. When the word is a part of our lexicon, we are not satisfied with staying the same. But let's not get ahead of ourselves. Rewind to verse 19. Paul prays there that we may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Let that sink in. God wants to fill you. The New Living Translation puts verse 19 like this. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to fully understand. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness in life and power that comes from God. That sounds like a more and better life, right? So before God does immeasurably more in and through us, we need the life and power that comes from God through faith in Jesus Christ. Now, now let's consider verse 20 by looking at three questions. The what, the why, and the how. First, the what. I, first, the what. Immeasurably more of what. I can ask and imagine a lot of different things. So first, we need to consider what Paul is not referring to in his prayer. His prayer is not referring to God giving me more superfluous stuff, more popularity, more temporal things of this world. It is not referring to more of my comfort, more of me getting my way, or even more of what I think I deserve. Sadly for me, it does not mean more trips to Starbucks. For some of you, not more barbecue, or, or more wins for a favorite team, or for some, more likes or followers on social media. Rather, his prayer is referring to more fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. More humility and hope more forgiveness and unity, more generosity and service, more wisdom, more of God's kingdom. If God does immeasurably more of these things in our life, then we have less of other things. If you have more of this, you have less of this. Less things like pride and condemnation less complaining and complacency. We'll have less fear and worry, less hatred and hoarding. 
less bitterness and unforgiveness, less of our kingdom. A life of immeasurably more, therefore, looks a lot like Jesus. That's the what, now the why. Why do we not have immeasurably more? Well, to begin, we settle for less. We attach our affections and our attention to lesser things. Things like our status, our wealth, our comfort, our safety, even sometimes to other people in an unhealthy way. And when we do, we turn these desires into idols. C.S. Lewis cuts to the heart of this when he said, our Lord finds our desires not too strong, but too weak. We are half-hearted creatures, fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered us. Like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by the offer of a holiday at the sea. We are far too easily pleased. We don't have more because we settle for less. Next, next, we don't believe God wants to give us more. Quick pop quiz. In your mind and being brutally honest, what are the first three words that come to your mind to describe God? I'll give you a minute. How'd that go? I wonder how many of us came up with words that are actually negative. Words like distant, unknowable, judgmental, unfeeling, perhaps even angry. Poor God. He is so misunderstood. For many of us, our issue with God is not that he is unable, but rather that we don't really believe he is willing. This is a problem. Psalm 103 tells us the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. So for many of us, we need to change the false narrative that we have of God. Trevor Hudson says, we can change how we think about God by comparing our ideas of God against the person of Jesus. He is the exact representation of God, Hebrews 1.3. Anybody else here a fan of the chosen? Count the Whitakers among the 450 million views of episodes worldwide. The series does a great job of portraying Jesus as powerful, yet compassionate, engaging, even funny. I mean, who wouldn't want to hang out with him? These traits of God are captured in the Passion Translation of verse 20. Never doubt 
God's mighty power to work in you. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all. For his miraculous power constantly energizes you. He will outdo them all. He will outdo them all. That is good. The great Martin Luther said, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, but laying hold of his willingness. So let's not limit God by our unbelief or by assuming we already know what he's going to do. Confession. Whitakers are not known to be early adopters of technology. I mean, you should see our DVD collection. We even have some VHS tapes. One of our favorites is The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Ben Stiller stars as Walter Mitty, who works for Life Magazine. Poor Walter lives life on the margins and basically daydreams his life away. Mysterious photographer, played by Sean Penn, sends Walter an important package. When Walter cannot locate it and his job is on the line, his work crisis leads to an existential crisis. Walter? this linchpin scene. It serves as such a great metaphor for us in our relationship with God. Are you feeling stuck? Like you're living on the margins of life with God? Forgive the anthropomorphizing of God as Sean Penn, but I believe God is motioning to you motioning you to leave your comfort zones. Leave the status quo of your faith, your stale ideas of God, and boldly step into more. Which leads to our third question. How? How do we have immeasurably more? We have immeasurably more by making our relationship evident. Say that with me. Making our relationship evident. Put on, come on. Making our relationship evident. I love a good acronym. Remember verse 19 about being filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, fullness that comes through faith in Christ Jesus. 
A more abundant life is about living in relationship with God. That is the point of our life. It's all about that relationship, companioning with God through life. So we make our relationship evident when we act. As our family likes to say, put on your participants. We have to participate with what God is doing. Grace is against earning, not effort. In the early 1900s, the agricultural economy of the South was suffering. Enter George Washington Carver. A man of great faith, he was born into slavery, yet went on to become one of the brilliant scientific minds of the 20th century. He introduced the concept of crop rotation. The boll weevil had devastated cotton crops. So he encouraged farmers to plant peanuts instead of cotton. The rotation of crops revived the soil, but peanuts did not revive the economy because supply far exceeded demand. When peanuts rotted in warehouses, frustrated farmers complained to Carver. So Carver did what he always did. He went on a long walk and had a long talk with God. Carver routinely got up at 4 a.m., walked through the woods, and asked God to reveal to him the mysteries of nature. God granted to him the mystery of the peanut. Jesus tells us in Luke 11, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Mark Batterson challenges us that bold prayers like Carver's honor God and God honors bold prayers. God isn't offended by your biggest dreams or boldest prayers. Let's be people who act. Next, we make our relationship evident when we practice Practice the practices of Jesus. John Mark Comer says, if I want the life of Jesus, I must adopt the lifestyle of Jesus. Paul agrees with this in 1 Corinthians 11 when he says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. The practices, also called spiritual disciplines, are habits based on the lifestyle of Jesus that create time and space for us to access the presence and power of the Father and in doing so be transformed through the work of the Spirit. Practices such as scripture, prayer, fasting, solitude, Sabbath, simplicity, generosity, hospitality, community, are demonstrated in the life of Jesus. These practices are a means to an end and not 
the end itself. This is important. The end is to become a person of love, to become like Jesus. Well, if you're like me, this can seem overwhelming. Practice the practices of Jesus. I mean, where do I even begin? Maybe a story from the sports world can help us out here. What do you think? For seven years, the British men's eight-man rowing team lost every competition. With two years to go before the 2000 Sydney Olympics, they agreed as a group they had to make changes. The team adopted one simple rule. With every decision or activity, they would ask a brilliant question. Will it make the boat go faster? Skip the dreaded morning run. Will it make the boat go faster? Stay out late at the local pub. Will it make the boat go faster? Eat donuts instead of eggs for breakfast. Will it make the boat go faster? No. The single-minded objective of the team was simple. Making the boat go faster. The result, the result was the British men's rowing team won gold at the Sydney Olympics. The first time in that event for a team from Great Britain to win gold in 88 years. What if we were that single-minded? What if we asked, will it make me more like Jesus? Say that with me. Will it make me more like Jesus? One more time. Will it make me more like Jesus? Hey, let's put something into it. Will it make me more like Jesus? Binge watch another series on Netflix this week. Will it make me more like Jesus? Obsess over news, politics, and the lives of celebrities? Will it make me more like Jesus? Forgive and not harbor bitterness? Will it make me more like Jesus? Spend time daily with God? Will it make me more like Jesus? Adopt the Vista rule of life? Will it make me more like Jesus? You see where this goes. What are some tiny habits related to the practices of Jesus that you could implement on a daily or weekly basis? As we cultivate these, our relationship with God becomes more evident. When our children were very small, like most young families, we frequently went swimming at a local pool. You know the routine. One of the parents carries around the non-swimming child while the other parent keeps an eye on the swimmers. One afternoon, I was carrying our preschool daughter, Grace, around the pool when she, with great emphasis and confidence, said in her toddler voice, this time, just drop me in and let's see what happened. <laughs> she couldn't swim. But what confidence. 
Her father was nearby. She wanted more. We need to be more like that, more bold, more audacious in our relationship with God. Our father is nearby. That reminds me, you know the church is like the swimming pool. All the noise and chaos comes from the shallow end. But seriously, we need to expand our life with God. We can live too small. We ask God to change our circumstances when we should allow God to change us. Worse yet, we treat our personal comfort as if it's God's chief objective. Let's leave the shallow end of the pool and go deeper. Become more aware that God is with us in all we do. Imagine God for amazing things. Believe God for more. I have this picture of God at his throne room going, pulling his angels around. You're not going to believe what Whitaker is asking for today. Be bold. Be audacious in our relationship with God. Back to our friend, George Washington Carver. On January 20th, 1921, Carver appeared before a congressional committee. Told he only had 10 minutes, Carver mesmerized the members for 100 minutes by demonstrating the myriad of over 300 uses of the peanut that he had developed. Everything from glue to shaving cream to makeup to fertilizer to Worcestershire sauce. They were so amazed, they told him he could come back anytime and take as much time as he wanted. So the next time you shave, fertilize your garden, put on makeup, or just have a good old peanut butter and jelly sandwich, remember that all those things trace back to a man who had the habit of praying at 4 a.m. for more. Do something with me right now. Put on your participants. My yogi wife, Jana, would invite you to sit up a little taller. Breathe, you, breathe a little deeper. And for a few moments, I want us to close our eyes and just imagine what more would look like in your life. Who has a dream you are nursing? Ask God for more. Where do you need healing? Ask God for more. Who has a tricky relationship that needs mending? Ask God for more. Where else in your life Do you need to ask God right now for more? All right, you can open your eyes. Friends, the good God of the universe is calling you to make your relationship evident, to make it more. His spirit at this very moment may be whispering in your ear, there is so much more.
more to life with God, more impact, more faith, more joy, more love, more forgiveness. Perhaps you see him motioning to you to come. And your response today could be the linchpin seen in your life because you were made for more. Let's pray. Good and gracious God, thank you. Thank, thank you that out of your glorious riches, you will strengthen us with power through your spirit and in our inner being. Forgive us when we are half-hearted, when we settle for less than the abundant life. Help us to believe in you for more, to believe that you are a willing God, willing to fill us to the measure of all your fullness. Above all, help us to be people who grow to be more like Jesus in all we say and do. I'm going to speak this over us. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to the power that is at work within us, to him be glory in this church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen.